You're listening to Breathe, Focus, Repeat, a podcast about business ownership and self-discovery. I'm Brooke Monahan. I help people simplify their work so they can breathe and focus on what they love. And in this podcast, I tell my story as a brand new business owner and shed a light on what it really takes to make it happen for yourself. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Breathe, Focus, Repeat, and today is a really, really important episode that means a lot to me because I am bringing you a conversation with my coach and mentor, Tiffany Hahn. Now, if you have been listening to my podcast, you know that I have talked about Tiffany numerous times on the show. I have talked about the Inner Circle, which is the group program, the year-long program that she does that I am now in my second round of with her. And you may remember in the very first episode of my podcast, where I talk about sort of the moment where things changed for me, that I mentioned that I, you know, heard some things that just spoke to me at one point in my life and everything suddenly changed and I knew that I needed to make make a change. And that moment really came when I first heard Tiffany speak on a podcast one day while I was just walking my dog through the park and I didn't expect to, to it to come the way that it did. But when I heard her, um, I, I heard her on a level that I had never heard anyone else really speak before. It clicked for me. It made sense for me. And suddenly I knew what I wanted and I knew that I needed to make a change. And so to say that Tiffany changed my life is really an understatement. And that's why today is such a big deal for me because... If you had told me, that was not that long ago, and if you had told me then that, you know, in a year and a half, I would have my own business and I would be producing my own podcast and I would be putting out an episode with this woman on my show, um, I don't think that I would have believed you. And when I finally did believe you, I probably would have broke down crying because at that point in my life, I just felt really kind of hopeless and like I wasn't in control of my own life and like everything that I wanted and that I imagined as my dream was just really not in the cards for me. That's how I felt. And why, while I may not have achieved every goal that I have for myself, for my life, um, and there's still so much more that I want to do in my business and, um, and in my life, because of my work with Tiffany, I now know what it is that I need to be doing kind of every day to make sure that I am moving in the right direction in a way that is true to me and true to what I really want and that I'm putting myself and my own desires first and building a life for myself that I really want. So you will hear Tiffany in this episode talk a little bit more about what it is that she does, but she is a life coach, a podcaster, a writer, a speaker. I'm going to put all of her information in the show notes and how you can find her. In this conversation with Tiffany, um, you're going to hear us talk about so many different things, but some of the things just to kind of give you a little sneak preview um, are, you know, something that I have talked about on the show before, this myth that nobody really has it figured out. But the unique perspective that Tiffany brings to this conversation is that she kind of explains like why that's totally normal, why we are 
you know, we should expect ourselves to feel that way, but ultimately why it's untrue um, and where that belief kind of comes from. Um, she talks about not waiting for that moment where you have things figured out or where everything is just right to get started and how that also is a myth, how that moment is not a real thing that we should be waiting for because we're never going to get to that moment where everything is figured out. Um, she talks a lot about how everything comes back to taking care of ourselves and um, how really for her um, and the work that she does, it's all about helping people work through like what is it that they really want to be saying and really want to be doing and how that's sort of the shortcut to cut through all of the bullshit and ultimately start building the life for yourself that you want and living in integrity. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know that this is something that I've been going through and this is why Tiffany is just such a perfect person for me to be working with and to have on the show. Um, she talks about how being a hard worker is oftentimes just us putting other people's needs before our own. And then she talks about something that I want you guys to hear. And I am so excited that it came up on the show because I think that it's something that my listeners um, really struggle with. Something that she calls task numbing, which is when we kind of create these tasks for ourselves or extra work for ourselves, we overwork as a way to sort of numb in the way that you might think of like overwatching like Netflix or drinking. Um, and her discussion on this is amazing. She also brings you through some questions that you can ask yourself to kind of find that boundary between when you're just numbing out and when you're actually doing something to meet your needs. And then a whole conversation on Instagram, which was just so relevant right now, including a really hilarious um, analogy that she draws to, um, you know, how we might use drugs to get ourselves to run a marathon uh, and sort of, you know, how um, Instagram to grow our business can kind of be like compared to that. I was dying. It's hilarious. So please um, enjoy this episode because it is so packed with like so many valuable lessons, but also it's really funny and I really enjoyed it. Um, I am going to put all of Tiffany's information in the show notes, but I have mentioned before that she has a podcast called Raise Your Hand, Say Yes. It is the podcast that um, I, it's still my number one. I listen to it all the time. And also um, she is currently running something on her podcast where if she hits 600 reviews on iTunes, she is going to put out a free training and I really want the training. So if you guys could like go, you know, subscribe and write her a review, um, I would uh, be very thankful for it. <laughs> and then you can get the training too. Um, and also before we get into this episode, if you guys are not already signed up for my email list, I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. I would love for you guys to get on my email list because I have mentioned, I talk about it in this episode and I've talked about it a little bit coming up to this and on Instagram even that I'm really trying to spend less of my time on social media. I just don't really feel like it's serving me right now. And also I'm not really that convinced that it's doing great things for my business. Um, and so I'm putting a lot more of my time and energy into my email list and my podcast. So I'm so glad that you're here listening to the podcast. If you're not already on the email list, click on the link in the show notes and make sure that you get signed up. All right, you guys, I am going to send us right into this interview. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you enjoy this episode with Tiffany. Let me just start by saying that I am so excited to have you on the show. But more than that, I am honored to have you on the show because I talk about you all the time. 
on my show and I talk all the time and I've told you this that like I feel like you have totally changed my life and you have revolutionized the way that I think about so many things and influenced everything that I do at this point in my life and in my business. And I am so excited to have my listeners experience like the life-changing magic that is a conversation with Tiffany Han. I'm so excited. So thank you so much for coming on. You're so welcome. I am so excited to have, I'm excited to have this conversation mostly because I'm so curious what, where this conversation is going to go because you and I have spent so much time together already. And I'm just, I'm really excited. I'm always, I always love these kinds of conversations where I'm like, Ooh, what's going to show up? (laughs) Yes, me too. And these are the best kinds of conversations because as much as I try to prepare for them, I'm like, oh yeah, this is just whatever comes out of it is going to be great. So um, would you tell my listeners a little bit about what you do and kind of give like the backstory, a little backstory about like how you kind of ended up doing what you do? I'll try to give you the the Cliff Notes version of it um, because it is a it's a long and winding road. Um, There's a podcast episode about that that I actually just re-listened to. So (laughs) I can, I can actually put that in, in the show notes because it's a really good one. Yeah. Um, So I'm Tiffany Hahn. I am a life coach for smart, ambitious people who want to, I think, really embrace their own sense of personal agency in their lives. And I'm on a mission to help all of us live lives that feel as good on the inside as they look on the outside. Because I think that we are people who are really good at making our lives look good from the outside looking in. Um, and I, I want to make sure that, again, the, what we feel when we wake up in the morning is, feels like peace, feels like joy, as you well know, Brooke. That's what I'm after. Um, I started coaching back in 2011. I did a coach certification program. I was doing life coaching. And then for a number of years, I shifted into more business coaching. Even in the business coaching conversations I was having, even the conversations that had to, that weren't really coachy, they were more about helping people define their brand. And they felt on the, on the surface really straightforward. This is what we're going to do. These are the deliverables that you're going to walk away with. Um, I, the conversations I was most interested in were the ones centered around, wait, you want to say something, but you're afraid to, so you're holding yourself back. Let's talk about that because that is often the entrance to what people really want to be doing with themselves, with their work, with all of it. And so I'm happily now back on the other side of this, having gone through a bit of an evolution, but really I think the things that I'm actually doing in my day-to-day work are very, very similar. It's just kind of that definition that's changed. And I know that you've, you're in the midst of that or going through that too. And I think that it's really useful to talk about this out loud because so often, especially when you're doing something new and vulnerable, whether it's entrepreneurial or a new relationship or just trying a new thing or trying to move to a new place or figure something out, it's very, very easy to get in the mindset of, as soon as I have this figured out, everything will be fine. And I don't know about you, but I have never gotten to that place where I have things figured out because every time I think I have it all figured out, something changes and then I have to start fresh and start over or it feels like starting over, even though it's not. And so I just want everyone to know that if you're still figuring it out, then that means you're human in an ever-evolving world. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. And 
So I love that you brought that up because I recorded a podcast episode, which when the list, our listeners hear this episode, it will be the one that went out the week before about me going through that cycle of like, this is what I really wanted to say and pulling myself back from that and a little bit about our conversation too and how it felt so overwhelming to me. Um, and without you pointing that out to me, like, I don't know how long it would have taken me to get to the point where I could finally just be like, okay, this is what I want to say. And I'm just going to say it no matter how scary it is. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that up yeah. because they're going to know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> when they hear you say that. And you're here, right? right. Which means that, that you've survived the scary thing. And I also, I love, I love that. It's something I tell myself a lot and something I'm saying a lot to people is the fact that you're here, that you're here, Brooke, that people listening are here means that you've survived every scary thing that life has handed you thus far. Yes. Which is great. Yay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though sometimes it feels like, oh my God. And like for me, um, I have, I've talked about this on the show, on the podcast before too. And I don't know if I've talked to you specifically about this, but I also have anxiety. And so like when I have like imposter complex stuff that comes up, that plus my anxiety literally sometimes feels like my life is going to end. Like, or like I'm going to, I've had moments where when I first started, like the first person who wanted to give me their money, I was like, if I take their money, I'm doing something wrong. And like, I could actually like suffer serious consequences <laughs> from this. So, yeah. so yeah, being reminded that I'm alive is always really helpful. Yeah. My, my thing when I first started coaching was I wanted everybody to not show up for the calls. Like I just wanted every call. I'd be like, maybe this person won't show up and I won't have to do this. Oh my God. That is hilarious. Yeah. I feel like I can kind of relate to that a little bit, yeah. but uh, yeah. Um, so you, <laughs> thank you. You mentioned uh, just a minute ago, and I want to go back to this, this idea of like, when I have it figured out, then I can kind of go for it. And that is something that held me back for so long. And when I was stuck in this cycle of like, I know that this is not the career that I want. I know that this is not what I want for my life, but I have to wait until this happens before I can go for it. Um, I was kind of stuck in that cycle for a long time when I first heard you on your podcast and really started to think about things differently. Um, and one of the things that I see um, from people who I work with is this feeling of like, I know what I want for my life. I know what I want for my business, but I can't, I couldn't possibly start to enjoy my life now because I need to wait for all of the work to be perfect and all of the things to be done and, and all of that. So, um, which, you know, obviously is a myth and you talk about this all the time. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that sort of myth of like waiting for everything to be, everything to be perfect or everything to be done. And then you can start to do the thing. Yeah, I think that it's really normal to feel that way, especially when we spend our lives sort of seem to have figured out, right? And this is something that shows up a lot on social media, which is a whole thing. Um, but a lot of us spend a lot of our times online. And social media is both a source of great connection, but also great distraction and can, can kind of be this massive self-esteem killer. Um, and so I think the first thing to know is that other people seeming to have everything figured out, I would say is a myth, right? That we're all like, some people are more confident in their, I have, I know what I need to do right now in this moment, but I think that that's sometimes the best that we can wish for. I have a, I have the sense that 
I'm in my life and I'm just turned 40. Um, I work for myself. I have two young kids. We just moved to a new place about a year ago, but it feels really new. And I feel like I am in the middle of like having to refigure out everything. And what I realized the other day was I am, I am comparing the way that I feel, the way it feels to be me walking through my life to the, the way, the perception I had of adults when I was like seven years old because they got to write checks. They got to go to the bank. They got to get drive through fast food whenever they wanted. They, they called all the shots. And like, that means that they had it figured out. And my sort of, I don't know what, you know, that I'm comparing that, which really means that there's no right answer. Um, here's, here's the irony of giving yourself grace. And I want everyone to, to give them, you know, I, so much of what I do and so much of where I operate is from a place of grace is from a place of just really loving ourselves. Uh, because we cannot, you cannot like hate yourself to change. You cannot hate yourself to self-improvement. You cannot hate yourself to progress. You cannot like beating yourself up is never an effective strategy for creating a life that you love. And I, I know Brooke, I, I worked with, um, uh, coach Jen Lee. Do you know Jen Lee from Right Brain Business Plan? Yes. Because yeah. of, because I've heard you reference her before. Yeah. yeah. So Jen Lee was my coach for, I don't know. I worked with her for like two or three years, a few years ago. She's such a lovely human. I love her so much. And she is a good friend. And when I first hired her, I remember saying to her, I want to work with you so bad. Just don't, I just don't want to pay you a bunch of money to tell me to take better care of myself. Like I was just like, ugh, come on. I know that I need to take better care of myself, but just teach me how to get my business to six figures and blah, blah, blah. Wait, ha ha, joke's <laughs> on me. Um, because what you realize along the way is that you taking care of yourself, you making yourself a priority, you embracing that personal agency to say, I am important. Nothing happens if I am not taken care of, if I am not feeling like a fully functioning human being, everything grows from that. So I don't want to tell people that taking care of themselves is going to lead to getting a six-figure business. But if I need to tell you that in order to get your attention, in order to get you to take care of yourself, I can't promise you that, but I can promise that everything is better when you get eight hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Oh my God. When I first started considering, well, started considering, I mean, the, the turnaround time to me deciding I was going to do the inner circle was like very quick. But when I first heard you talking about the inner circle and you were talking about how like, you know, sometimes people go into it thinking that they want one thing and then end up wanting something totally different. I remember hearing that and being like, oh, like if I end up coming out of this, not wanting my, like this business that I have in mind anymore, then like, then, then ultimately I don't know if I want to do this because like, you know, I, this is what I want and like, this is exactly what I want. And I just want to know like the formula for how I'm going to get there. And then like two months into the inner circle, I was like, oh, actually all that I really want is to just like relax for a little while and do nothing. Um, and like actually not work on my business. And it took me a really long time to like 
stop beating myself up for not doing the work on the business and to just enjoy the fact that like I had this new day job that gave me some extra time and like I was just enjoying my life because I felt like I wasn't allowed to enjoy my life yet because I hadn't gone for the thing. And actually this is just like, this is me, you know, going off course. And actually now what I know, now that I've finished and done it, started another round is like, that's exactly on course. It's really easy to fall prey to the great marketing tactics out there that are working very hard to convince us that entrepreneurship is the path, not a path, the path to personal freedom. And that what we should all be wanting is to be the location independent entrepreneur who, you know, travels the world 300 days a year and sits on the beach in a bikini working with a Corona in one hand and nachos in the other, you know, and like typing on their laptop. And for a lot of us, we have been sold that promise. And what I've seen over and over again is one working, having a laptop on the beach is stupid. That like (laughs) sucks. I have had to work while on a beach vacation with my family and it was awful because everybody was out on the beach and I was like sitting in our beach house at a table typing on my computer. So just everybody know that is, that is the case, but two, it doesn't, that message and that story doesn't show people the amount of grit and resolve that has to go into building a business that will allow you whatever, whatever freedom looks like. And some people have great success and make six figures right away. But from what I've seen, that is not the norm. And I think that we are selling people an expectation that gets really, really hard to follow through on. The other thing that I am always trying to caution people is that starting your own business is not going to save you from a shitty day job. Like if you hate your day job, sure. Can you start a business? You can, but in the meantime, and Brooke, you've talked about this before. Like Mm -hmm. in the meantime, get a better job. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And like, I think that there's a lot of things that we can do that we can start doing now to allow ourselves to have some of the things that we want without having to like build this big, huge other life that we have in mind. Um, And like, you know, also like that feeling of like, I have to build this big, huge other life is what keeps us from acting for so long because we don't, we don't know how to do that right now. So we feel like what's the point in like trying. Yeah. And like, I actually really like my life. Right. Right. And so that's the other piece is sometimes I'm always reminding people the life that you have now, you worked really hard to get Mm -hmm. because we are smart. We are driven. We are super capable. We are ambitious. If we say we're going to do something, we are going to do something. And often people will come to me and they'll be like, I know I want something to be different, but I like these people that live in my house. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to go away. And also I worked really hard to get where I am now. How do I know that I'm not going to work really hard to get what's next and then want to change it again? Mm. Right. And so that's where I really believe that we can, if we act quickly, not quickly, but like if we act proactively, then maybe you don't have to get to the place where you want to burn it all down Mm. and completely disengage from everything around you. And maybe instead you can start to make shifts in your life and change things without having to start completely from scratch because that's actually so hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, one of the things that you have as a bonus for when we uh, joined the inner circle that I did was your values like masterclass. And that um, is something that, you know, having the class is great. But I also think that like, you know, if we just like think about our values, like, and it's not something that we're really tra- taught to thought of, to think about at all. Um, and when I did it and started thinking about like how my values were showing up in my life, I realized that like, there's a lot of things that I would love to do and I don't do them because I feel like there's other things that I like quote should be doing. Um, and you know, we don't realize that by doing all of those things that we should be doing in an effort to try to like build what we think that we want, we're actually getting ourselves further away from what we probably really want for ourselves. Um, so what do you think are some of the things like, you know, I talk about like how I, I went and got another day job, but like what kind of like tips would you give people or just like guidance would you give people who are doing that thing to themselves where they're like, well, you know, I have to, to wait to, to get what I really want, or I have to wait until everything's perfect. Like how can they start now to kind of start to build the life that they think that they really want? Yeah. I mean, I think one, you just have to stop for a minute, which I mean, we just lost people, right? Like they're like, meh, (laughs) you don't know anything about I get it. Trust me. I get it. I was you. Um, so that's number one is just like pause, Mm. sit still for a minute. And the, the hard truth, the thing that's hard to hear is that if your business, if your success, even it doesn't even have to be entrepreneurial, if it is built on you completely sacrificing yourself, then there will never be space for you in it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you can think about somebody who gets into a relationship and they have to completely change themselves in order for this other person to accept them and be with them. And then what they're telling you is, oh, once we get married and have a baby, it's all going to be better, Right. And it's like, but this person doesn't even know you. And so the only way that this relationship is going to be sustainable in this way is if you continue essentially to lie, right. to live a lie. I'm so sorry. I know that we all think we're doing our best, but really you're lying. <laughs> so hard right. to hear. Um, and I think though that, that the work that I do around personal agency, what I see so often is that we will deny our own personal agency out of a sense of responsibility to others. Mm. And what we think is that we're being in integrity, mm-hmm. right? But when you zoom out and look on it, look at it on a larger scale, you can often see like, oh, you're actually manipulating a situation or you take on so much external responsibility that you end up dropping all the balls, which makes you be in zero integrity. Mm-hmm. And so what I really think is like, let's again, bring the focus back to right now, sit in your chair, take a pause, take a breath, and really start to have some hard conversations, but also the fast track to what we're all wanting is that question, but what do you really want to say? Mm-hmm. Right? right? What do you really want to be saying? What, if you could, if you could say anything you wanted without repercussions, what would you say? And over time, what will start to happen is you'll start to, instead of only imagining those things, you'll start to actually say them out loud. And what I have found is like, then life aligns really, really beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Another thing that I've heard you say too, like in that same um, kind of vein is like, if you 
if it were like guaranteed to be successful, like what would you do right now? And that one I think about all the time um, and can be so revealing about what we actually want, but that we're denying to ourselves. And, you know, you like, there's so many things that you have said that I've heard you say, and then I will, I will experience them. And I'm like, wait, but this is happening. And you're like, yeah, I know. Like, this is what I've been talking about, but it feels so different when it's actually happening to you. And that feeling of like it being really hard to slow down, it being really hard to pause is so true. Like one of the first times that I kind of spoke up in the inner circle and like asked for like, what do I do is when I was like first starting in my business and just having such a hard time, like not just working myself like to death, like not just pushing myself to burnout. And it was so difficult for me to sit still and sitting still made me feel like such, all these thoughts were going through my head. I felt like such a failure and it was so difficult for me to sit still. And I, but I knew that I needed to, and like ended up reaching out to you for help because everything that I had learned up until that point always came in those moments of like stopping and just kind of observing and like sitting still and and letting things come in instead of constantly doing more and more and more and kind of pushing things away. And nobody, you know, I don't think, I don't think enough people are talking about this and partially it's because it's just not sexy advice, right? The sexy advice is like, you can sleep when you're dead or the more content you produce, the more things will grow and you need to show up consistently everywhere and you need to do all the things and, and, uh, you know, all of those things. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that there is, I think there's definitely room for strategic action Mm. based on a goal. But I also think like telling people you can sleep when you're dead is honestly going to destroy our society. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, one of the things that I've learned about myself is like any time that I go through this period of being like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I need to like, you know, create all of this content and I need to like break down all of my technical knowledge for people. And so that like, they can understand like why they need to hire me and you know, all of that, or even just like moments of like, I'm finding myself not taking care of myself. Like we talked about before, ultimately what ends up coming of that every single time is I get to a point where I'm like, I don't want to do this at all anymore. Yeah. And I end up totally withdrawing from all of it. Yeah. You get to like the burn it all down. I mean, for me, my cycle is I ignore myself, ignore myself, ignore myself. And then I get like hit in the face with like 104 fever or a sinus infection or chronic insomnia to the point that I'm sleeping three to four hours a night. And then like literally, literally like cannot continue without having to take many days of of rest and recovery. So we all have our patterns. Um, we think, I used to think that my pattern of like just being able to like push forward meant that I was a good hard worker and, and all of that. But what I realized is it was actually me putting everybody else's needs above my own. And that, that I I can't do that. I can't live that way because if I continue to do that, I will be no good to anybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious. I know what the answer to this is going to be, but I'm going to ask it anyways. (laughs) Uh, Is this something that you still like struggle with, like ignoring yourself and going through that cycle? I mean, yeah, it is. And it, it tends to not be as severe anymore. Hmm. 
Right. So at this point in my life, I have figured out at this point, it's more fine tuning. Mm -hmm. I've started to figure out what my signs are and where I need help. So for example, a couple of weeks ago, I went on a trip um, and I was on the flight to the East coast and I was like, I'd gotten there, but I was like, Oh, I'm tired already. And I'm just going on this trip. And I thought to myself, like, girl, you need to take a break from the travel. Like you just need to pause on the travel. And old me would have been like, no, here are all the reasons I can't do this. But current me was like, yeah, that's, that's truth that I don't really want to hear right now, but that I need to be hearing. Um, I've also recently, I mean, we did our social media break for the inner circle and I am kind of in a place of like questioning all social media. Um, and that is something again, that feels like, Oh, I can't do that. I can't not be on Instagram. What would I do? What would blah, blah, blah. You know, all of, you know, all those questions. Mm -hmm. But for me, part of learning how to pause, learning how to slow down means that when ideas show up, even if they're inconvenient, supposedly inconvenient or disruptive, I at least hear them. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm, the window is cracked and they come in and I'm not like, go away. I can't do that. I'm like, oh, interesting that you're here again. That's okay. Well, I'm not, I don't need to decide right now what that means, but I'm going to just let you stay in the room with me instead of mm. spending all of my energy trying to get the idea out of the room by proving it wrong, which is all, yeah. Like, so we're so good at that. Um, that's just, that's a whole lot of energy that doesn't get you anywhere. And then we feel like we're spinning our wheels because we kind of are. Yeah. I love hearing you talk about the voices in your head. I love your conversation (laughs) between you and that voice. It just is like one of my favorite things. And then I always find myself trying to like channel that where I'm like, okay, this is where Tiffany would tell me to treat the voice in my head like a small child. This is where I need to have this conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then what I start to, and then what I do, and this is just my own way is like, as soon as I know something for myself, then I have to like start telling people partially because I think it's useful again, to be able to look inside somebody's inner workings and be like, oh, they don't have it figured out either, but also just to hold myself accountable. Yeah. And also those, I'm sure the moments, cause I know that when I do that, those are always the moments where someone will be like, oh my God, are you in my head right now? Like, yeah. I feel like you're talking exactly to me and it's like great for those people. It's definitely been great for me. I have benefited from you doing this greatly. Um, but also like it tells us that other people are experiencing the same thing that we are and yeah. that this is, you know, this is a pattern. Um, I find for myself, like when you had said like, you know, trying to get that voice to go away and like, you know, instead of just letting it like be in the room with, with you, like for me, it's always this like, what am I going to go to to do that's going to distract me from that? Mm. And it's always about this constant cycle of like more doing, like doing more and more and more stuff. And, um, you know, sometimes it's like creating work for me that isn't necessarily what I want to be doing, but it's something that maybe someone's told me I should be doing or something that I think is going to validate me or make me look better or, you know, whatever. Um, and that's, from people that I talk to, like such a common cycle to get caught in where you're constantly trying to make yourself feel better by just like doing more and more and more shit. Um, And you've talked a lot about this and how you're not your to-do list. So what thoughts do you have on this? So I call that task numbing. Mm, Um, And I think that this is 
a kind of genre of numbing that that we don't talk about enough that I actually want to talk about more because so I quit drinking uh, almost three years ago and I've talked a lot about sobriety and my relationship with alcohol and all of that and one of the things that I realized once I quit drinking was that I was using alcohol to numb anxiety to numb feelings of loneliness to numb anger to numb uncertainty, all of the fatigue, all of the things that I was feeling. Um, I was also using alcohol to help me connect to people and celebrate and all of that. But a lot of it, when I started to look at my, my habits, it was around numbing. And one of the things I realized shortly after I'd quit drinking was that, um, and my girls were almost three when I quit drinking. I'm like, two-year-olds are challenging to the psyche. Um, they aren't necessarily like, oh, you go take a nap. I'll just take care of myself and won't make any bad choices. Um, but I realized that with alcohol having been removed from my life, I was spending a lot of evenings on Facebook, working, um, kind of removing myself from various scenarios because like, oh, I have to work. Oh, and then when I kind of had a long, hard look at what I was doing, I was like, you don't actually have to work. Like this is, you're just replacing the numbing, which is really, really common when people quit drinking. Like often they will just start like with all the sugar Mm. or the shopping or the social media or, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's so interesting how with like the tasks and the to-do list that we use that to validate our sense of self. Um, And it's a thing that we can feel like we're in control of. Like sometimes I find the most soothing thing I can do is like fill out a form, right? With like my address and my medical history and my my residential history where I'm like, I know the answers to this. This feels <laughs> comfortable to me. Um, or like collating things, right? Like every now and then just like basic administrative tasks, I find to be really soothing. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that what, it, so it doesn't mean that you don't have to become a slacker. I think this is mm. the part in the conversation too where people start to get a little bit defensive and say, well, what am I just going to never do anything ever? Uh, no, let's just calm down, right? It's about not letting your to-do list rule your life. Mm-hmm. And it's about looking at everything on your to-do list and really, again, showing up in full agency and saying, is this something I want to do? Is this not something I want to do? Does this even matter? Am I just working to work, right? I use, I use SEO as an example of this, where for some people, SEO is super useful, but for others, right, you just want to, like, SEO is a really convenient form of procrastination. I call it, like, <laughs> procrastination in a cute sweater, right. where it's like, what did you do today, honey? Oh, I worked on my SEO. People are like, oh, that's really important. <laughs> But like if you worked on your SEO, but you don't actually have an offer or a client base or like maybe there were some other things you could have done that would have been scarier and more effective and actually taken like 15 minutes Mm -hmm. instead of all day, but they would have just been really challenging, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. I see this all the time with people who like actually consider themselves to be like really, really operationally like efficient. And they actually just really love to play with all of the back end like systems and stuff or like, you know, like they, they'd want to like 
automate every single last email or find every single last kink in the workflow. And then when they figure all of that stuff out and it's like, there's the, you know, constantly like tinkering with everything. And it's always this conversation of like, this is supposed to save you time. It's not supposed to be another task that's taking you way more time than it's going to get you back. So let's just not do that. And it's like the discomfort that comes from not just like doing, 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 and like, you know, continuing to like run on that hamster wheel. But I go ahead. Yes. I'm just agreeing that that is (laughs) definitely, I mean, it's a thing and I'll have people come to me and they'll be like brand new in their business. And I'll say like, okay, great. So you want to start doing coaching sessions. So who are you going to do them with? And they're like, well, here's why I can't start to get clients yet is because I don't have the contract and I don't have the scheduler and I haven't like, they will be like, I need to spend tomorrow making my invoice. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because listen, I promise that as soon as you have that client, you're going to figure out the invoice. You're going to figure out the scheduler. You're going to find that contract that will all get handled. But like, if you don't have any customers coming through the door, it doesn't matter how many systems you have set up. Right. Yeah. Right. And usually once you get the customers, you end up having to redo all of the stuff that you just did because you don't even know what you needed to look like yet. Like I know because I did it. So this is not, this is not judgment. This is just me like, you know, having done it and experienced it. Um, but also what you had said about like how you doesn't mean that you have to be a slacker. Like, I think that this is like, whether you're numbing with like tasks or you're numbing with other things, like it's so easy to be like, okay, this is bad for me because it's numbing. So I just should not do it. I just had this conversation with my best friend this morning. She will not mind me saying that she has a Netflix problem. And she said to me, she was like, I'm not going to go home and watch Netflix because you always tell me that I shouldn't do that because I'm just trying to not think about things. And I'm like, okay, like, but also every now and then it might be useful for you or like helpful to you to watch like a show on Netflix or to like relax. And so it's so hard for us, I think, to like hear these things and then know like where that boundary is between like, you know, it, it's hard, for, I guess, for us to reflect on like what need we're trying to meet by doing these things and then deciding if we're doing it intentionally or if we're doing it just to numb. And yeah, we like to go all in, right? And I think that your audience is probably very similar to mine and that we are over performers, mm-hmm. right? And so it's very easy for everything to be super extreme either or. Like either I watch Netflix for seven hours a night or I, I'm not going to watch it. Okay, then fine, Brooke, I'm not going to watch it because I want to I want to be that standard. And, you know, one of my personal goals right now is to actually watch more television in my life because – I like shows, but I like a very specific show. And I spend a lot of time watching shows that other people tell me I must see and then being like, meh, I don't love this. But like, then I think I'm doing something wrong because I don't want to keep watching, I fill in the blank, probably every show except for Great British Bake Off, <laughs> um, which is my favorite show and I'm obsessed and I want to watch it just all the time. Um, but so I think the thing is, right. And this is where looking at the values are so important is to look at for your friend, if we can, uh, remote coach her without her being in the room. Um, let's, let's do that is to say like, okay, so when you watch Netflix, what are you hoping it gives you? 
what are the specific things you're trying? And then what is the actual result? Mm. Right? So she might say, well, I'm hoping it'll help me relax. I'm tired after a long day. I don't want to clean the house. Okay. I don't want to clean the house either. I get it. Let's not clean the house. Right? So then it's about looking at the exact behavior and being like, okay, so you want to relax. Maybe you want to laugh. Maybe you want to be entertained. There's nothing wrong with that. Is this actually giving it to you? And what she might say is, Sometimes it is, but when I'm four episodes deep, it's not. Or I do this sometimes as I find myself watching like shows that I kind of hate, mm. right? So it's not necessarily that Netflix, the vehicle is bad. It's not that doing tasks is bad. It's not actually that even being a productive, capable, driven human. I actually think that that is our strength, right. but we can't let that strength run us into the ground. And even what I was talking about before about being prepared for your first customer. It's not about not being prepared, right? It's not about walking into the situation and being like, you want an invoice or whatever. I don't have one because I don't, whatever, right? It's not about that, but it's about having enough faith in yourself that you're going to do the things that help deliver the results you're after, whether that's getting a client or relaxing at the end of the day when you come home. Mm-hmm you know, and then having enough wherewithal and being able to be aware of yourself so that you can call yourself out when things aren't working and then pivot. And I think that's actually the heart of like my husband all the time is I get him involved in my, I'm trying to go to bed earlier these days. And I get my, I wrote my husband into my thing. And I recently said to him, like, you have to be the relentless one because I will not do it. And like, I get so, when he's like, you need to go to bed. I'm like, oh, you don't know. You're not the boss of me. And I get all defensive. And then I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that is so funny. I also am trying to go to bed earlier because I, it's like, I mean, I feel like self-care is one of those things that is like so annoying. It is so annoying when you need it the most. And I'm in the same, like, luckily it, you know, uh, lined up wonderfully with us setting the clocks back. But, um, and I was last night, I had this moment with myself where I was like, you said that you were going to use this hour to like reset yourself and go to bed earlier and wake up earlier. You are going to do it. And like, did not want to go to bed and had to treat myself like a toddler again, which, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) we have discussed, but, um, but yeah. And also like you had said, um, you know, where we're like thinking about like what it is that we want from something or like what need we're trying to meet and then figuring out if it's actually giving us that. That's something that I went through with Instagram because before we took our social media break, um, I like started doing this thing where like I would go to pick up my phone to look at Instagram and end up writing down like what, what I was feeling, like mm-hmm. just like how I was feeling, like why I was picking it up and found out that like I pick up my phone when I'm thirsty. I pick up my phone when I'm hungry. I pick up my phone when I just like, I'll be working on something. I'll be writing an email and I'll get to a part where I have to think about the next line. It's not just flowing out of me and I don't know the answer. And I go to pick up my phone and look at Instagram and then saying to myself like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? Like, you cannot be trusted with this shit. Like, if I'm not like totally aware of what I'm doing at every turn, I end up doing that stuff all the time. Because you're a human with a brain and the apps are designed to do that, right? Like the the way that these businesses, these tech businesses are designed is that we are the product. And so the more time we spend engaging on the phone or the apps or whatever, the more money they make. 
So I just, number one, like you're not alone. I currently, right now in this moment, my phone is plugged in in my kitchen because it's charging. And that is something, if you want to, if you want to like become aware of your, of your technology habits, which some of you are like, screw you, don't take my phone away from me. Um, but if you want to become aware of your habits, spend the day with your phone in another room and just notice how habitually you're like, what? Oh, right. Okay. What? Oh, right. Yeah. I, I pick up my phone. It's always when I am doing something that feels scary. So like mm-hmm. I was working on a writing project this morning and I kept wanting to open my phone and then kept having to be like, it's not here. That thing you're looking for, it's not here. And I'll often ask myself too, like, cause I do it also with checking email. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask myself like, is there any, any good that's going to come up checking email right now? Like if I were to get bad news, it's going to, it's going to like really deflate this balloon. But if I get good news, if somebody, if there's an email from someone that's like, be our keynote speaker, it's only going to distract me from the thing that I know I need to be doing. Right. And, you know, and I think that that, like that level of awareness is actually really useful. So it means you're on the right track, but also we have to, we have to recognize that you almost have to be like constantly vigilant with yourself because technology is always going to be working against us. Yeah. And like, if you have to be constantly vigilant with yourself when it comes to technology and like that, thing that you're like numbing yourself with, then it's like you have to bring that same thing to like all of those other things that we know about ourselves that we numb ourselves with, which like for me, it's all of the like, you know, fake work and, uh, you know, like projects that I make up for myself because I'm like, well, if I'm not doing this, then I'm not the real deal. And so I need to be doing this right now. Um, and so, yeah, I have to constantly bring my attention to that and think about like, you know, I, it happens to me with Instagram, but it also happens to me with just like, why am I beating myself up right now about not doing this thing that like up until this morning, I didn't even plan on doing today. I just wrote it on my to-do list because I was like, oh yeah, that to-do list looks light. Can't have that. Right. I had a moment and it was like 4.30 and I was sitting at my desk watching like old Glee videos on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, and like they were entertaining, but it wasn't because in that moment I wanted to watch Glee videos on YouTube. It was because I was waiting for it to be five o'clock so that I could stop working. Mm. But I was working for myself. Right. Right. And it, it was, and also I think that was when I was pregnant, which for anyone, anyone who works for themselves and like one day wants to have children, please take, take full days off right now to just go like lay in the grass and go to the movies. Oh my God, please. And for me, like I'm, that's one thing I'm going to start now that my kids are in school. Like I'm just going to start once a month, like taking myself to the movies during the day Um, because we, we create these rules, right? And we create these rules about what productive days are. And we create these rules about how long it takes to get stuff done. And Brooke, I, I would suspect if you're anything like me, when you're actually in the zone doing the work, like I bet it comes really quickly to you mm-hmm. and pretty easily. So why not reward yourself for that and then let yourself have the rest of the day off? Right. Yeah. Which is like exactly what we would want to say to like a dick boss where we would be like in a day job where we would be like, I got all of the work done. The fact that I need to just like sit here and make myself look busy for the rest of the day is such bullshit. And then we end up working for ourselves and we're like total assholes to ourselves. We're the worst. Yeah. We are the worst. Yeah. I remember having a day 
uh, and this was again a few years ago. I've been on this journey for a while. Um, where I came, my office in our old house in California was, uh, we had like a little building in the backyard, which was where my office was. And I remember coming into the house at the end of the day and my husband was like, oh, how was work? And I was like, oh, I was really busy. Like I had client calls all day and I didn't get any work done. And he said to me, he was like, isn't that your job to like be a co? And I was like, oh, right. Maybe it's time for me to like consider things. And so even now with like on my teaching days, my Q&A call days where I'm kind of teaching something and like holding space for this big group of people, I've, I've given myself just full permission. Like I clear my calendar mm-hmm. and I don't plan to do anything else those days except show up for the work and what a gift. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, uh, actually just this morning had a moment similar to that where like I was walking a dog and you know, everyone who listens to my podcast knows that like I walk dogs and I have my, and it's great. Like it's for my life, it is great. And I want the activity. I love dogs. It's perfect. And I'm, I'll be walking dogs and I'll be thinking to myself like, oh my God, what an interruption, you know, like to the work that I could be doing. And like, I'm not working right now because I'm here. And I'm like, okay, first of all, this is work. Second of all, um, like you, this is lovely. Like how nice that you like every day at 11 o'clock, no matter what, like you show up and go for a walk with this dog, like by the water every single weekday. It's not something that I would ever do for myself. I do it because of the fact that I've like made it part of my job. It is part of my job. And like, I'm allowed to enjoy it. And also I'm allowed to count that as part of my like work and not make myself feel like shit about the fact that I'm not doing other work during that time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I like to schedule phone calls with friends. Mm-hmm. And actually, I mean it's getting cold here and I don't love the winter. But um I like to schedule phone calls with friends and then actually like take a walk while I so I'm the I'm the crazy person on the on the bike path who's like talking in her in her earbuds. Um <laughs> you know, very animatedly. My, my husband sometimes will be like, I was following this woman on the bike path. And why do people have these conversations on the phone? Like she was just talking about nothing. And I'm like, yeah, I do that too. I love it. And I will not let you judge that human for doing that, you know? Um, but we, I don't know. It's like, we're not, I didn't start my own business to become a machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what I was just going to say is like, I remember visions that I had of like, you know, how lovely would it be to have my own business? Because then I would be able to do all of these things. And if the work was done, then I would just like go and do something else. And I could have such a flexible schedule. And now I'm like, even if I wake up and like all of my, like this happens where like Friday will roll around. I got all my shit done for the week that I wanted to get done. And I wake up and I'm still like, Ugh, another day grinding through. Like, and then I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you doing this to yourself? But I think that sometimes we just like really don't give ourselves a shot. And it's that it all it comes back to like what we were talking about before, where it's like this constant waiting for like, you know, when my business is to the level that I want it to be, then I will be able to enjoy myself. And I just can't do that now because right now I'm working on growing my business, but one day I will. And like, what a like what a myth because it's like if we're not doing this work beforehand where we are learning how to like call ourselves on that shit or like learning how to enjoy enjoy ourselves or take care of ourselves then what makes us think that like when that day comes like one day we're going to be like okay well 
checked that box. Business is where I want it to be. And now I'm just going to be able to take care of myself and enjoy myself, even though I've spent all of these years not doing any of it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the other thing is that the bigger the monster, like the more you have to feed it. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I see happening with business, right? Is like, you think, oh, only if, once I get to six figures, I'll have everything figured out. But like, once you get to six figures, then you need to maintain that six fig- figure business. And you probably have different responsibilities. You might have staff, you might have mm-hmm. team members that need to be paid. Right. Um, and I see it a lot with Instagram too. Like everybody's like, oh, once I get to 10,000, I'll get swipe up, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like dreaming of the swipe up. But I have never seen anybody get to that level on Instagram and then be like, oh, good. Now I can relax because I've like, hit. like, no, then everybody, like the thing about, I, I think with Instagram, I think when people are like, how do I grow my following? I'm like, you spend all of your time on the app, mm. all of your time yep. and you'll grow your following, right? Um Yay. But it's not like people then develop those habits and then they're like, now I'm going to walk away and set healthy boundaries with this technology. Right. And like, what do you want more? Like when we took the Instagram break, I like was able to come back to it. Really didn't want to. Was like totally content not being on it. And then suddenly like all of my guilt that I had before that was telling me like you spend too much time on Instagram that like all shape shifted into like, well, you're like, why are you not on Instagram? This is how you make connections. Like you're not growing your audience. You know that that's one of your problems right now. Like, what are you doing? And so it's like, it, you know, points to the fact that like, we'll beat ourselves up no matter what, but also it's like, you know, at that moment, I kind of decided like, I don't know that I really want a bunch more followers more than I want the feeling that I had for the last two weeks of feeling like I'm actually more connected to the people around me. And you know what? Like I know people who like already who like I have connections with. I also have like a small email list, but an email list with like people who actually read entire emails and click on things. And so I'm like, you know, I'm getting more engagement from a very small like mailing list than I am from, you know, a few hundred Instagram followers. And so why am I putting all of my focus on this thing that ultimately like kind of makes me feel like shit? Not kind of, it makes me feel like shit. Yeah. Right. It's like if you were, uh, I, this, I'm, I'm not a runner, but we're just going to try this metaphor out. It's like if you were a, award-winning marathoner, but the only way that you could win marathons was by like doing a ton of Coke. (laughs) Right. Right? And like, (laughs) it helps me win, but then you like feel awful and like garbage. And I, you know, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's exactly the right, the right analogy (laughs) there. Um, we probably won't see that on the SAT, but I think that it is, we get tricked into believing that things that make us feel like shit are integral parts of whatever it is that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, yes, sometimes in life we need to make compromises based on our values. So if you're taking care of children, you have to change diapers. If you're walking dogs, you've got to pick up dog poop. It's just part of the thing, right? And like, you may not love, you may not be like waking up in the morning, like I get to clean up some dog poop today, <laughs> right? Like none of us are doing that, but it plays into a bigger thing. And, and sometimes people take social media breaks 
And they come back and they're like, I'm so excited to get back on this app. I feel energized. Mm-hmm. I would say for like the majority of people that I've walked through a social media break, like 5% are actually excited. And the other 95% are like, oh, wow, I didn't miss it at all. When I did my break with you guys, what I noticed was I, my days were so full. Like mm-hmm. I actually didn't have time to be on social media. And that was a really big wake up call for me to be like, oh, things I'm spending my time on. Like that's designed to help me be able to end my work day at a certain time so that I can cook dinner for my family. We can all eat together. I can help put the girls to bed. But like had Instagram still been in the picture, it just, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. And I've done multiple social media breaks before, like before this one, I had done one before I started my business and I initially did it for a month and then it turned into two months and then it turned into two months. But then when I came back to it, I only allowed myself on it for a half hour. And I remember saying like, I just want to do this forever. Like I never, ever want to go back to the way that I was before. And then when you had said like, you know, we're all going to do a social media break. I was like, uh, uh, uh," like, I can't, I can't like, no, this is not okay. Like, you know, trying to immediately think of like, you know, well, like, what are the exceptions that I can come up with right here? Like, why, how am I, you know, I, I should be allowed to be on it a little bit because of my business, you know? Um, and so we just get like sucked back in and it's not, it's like, it's not healthy. And I know that it's not healthy, but every time that it happens to me, it feels so real, which then like <laughs> when I come back out of it, I look back on it and I'm like, oh my God, like it's even worse than I thought. Because it is real. And I think that's a really useful, th- so there's this great book called How to Break Up with Your Phone. Mm. Um, and I'm blanking on the woman who wrote it, but I can email it to you if you want. And it's, uh, it's really good. And she goes into a little bit of the science um, of what happens to our brain chemistry when we engage in social media and these apps and all of that. And like, the thing is, is that social, like it does soothe our brains. Like it does release feel good chemicals. Like it does calm us down and helps calm fear. So it's not, why am I being so ridiculous? It's, oh, look at me being human with a brain. Okay. And then you've got to like, like untangle yourself from that. And I think that for so many of us, especially if we're not used to being uncomfortable, <laughs> that we, we are taught, and, and again, this is evolution at work, that like we are taught that discomfort equals fear, mm-hmm. equals bad. Um, and so part of our jobs as people who want more for our lives and, and really want more for the world and want things to be different. Uh, we just have to learn how to be like, whoa, this is so uncomfortable. <sighs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always followed up with fuck yeah. and always followed up with the gritted teeth emoji and then the puking emoji and exactly. the sunglasses emoji. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a lesson that like, I'm so glad that you, that I learned from you. I am so happy that I found you because I really like, I know that eventually, like I always knew, you know, that like, like that I was, 
that I really wanted to start my own business at some point. And it was something that I always thought about forever. And so I think that eventually I would have gotten here, but how slowly I would have gotten here. Like sometimes I think about that and I'm like, I would definitely still be like, I'd probably be working at Banana Republic here in New Orleans right now. Um, and so I am so glad that I found you and that you taught me that lesson about this, about what it really means when you're scared. Because even at this point, I encounter that all the time. And it's gotten to a point now where I'm like, shit, I'm not scared at all. Oh man, like what am I doing? You know what I mean? Like what am I not doing? Because I know that if I'm really pushing myself, then I'm probably going to experience that, you know, discomfort. I feel nerves in my tummy routinely. Yeah, see, you know, I, I've got to keep pushing myself, which yeah. is a good thing you're around because you're always the one that pushes me, whether I'm talking to you or not, because I'm thinking of you when I'm not with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that doesn't mean that you spend, right? Like that idea too of like, I feel nervous in my tummy. It doesn't mean that I'm driven by anxiety. Right. And it doesn't mean that I'm always like, oh my God, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. It means that if I let myself give in to that inner critic voice, mm-hmm. that I will stop. Yes. Right. And it me so I'm I'm always kind of trying to play the edge of okay, that's what you think I shouldn't do. So that's probably exactly where I should be. And often for me, it doesn't look like taking on more. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to be very, right. very clear here that I'm not telling everybody that they should be doing more. Often that looks like, oh, hey, guess what? I'm done for the day. Right. And that is often like five alarm fire. What are you doing? Your business is gonna fail if you're gonna be such a slacker. Oh yeah. Actually, today, I had somebody who I walk, whose dog I walk be like, oh, would you stay at our house when we go away? And I was like, no. And then immediately found myself going into that, like, well, like trying to justify to them why I don't do like mm. overnights. And like, I don't really do that because of the, and, and then I just had to like stutter a little bit and then just come back and just be like, no. And then just like keep my mouth shut. And it's moments like that where it's like, that's a much different kind of anxiety. It, it gives me anxiety, mm-hmm. but it's a much different type of anxiety uh, than the feeling of like, I'm not going to do this thing because I'm scared. That's a totally different feeling. But I think that, you know, the work that I've done with you has taught me how to distinguish between those two types yeah. of like fear and anxiety. And that's kind of what it all comes down to. So, right. Um, I am so glad that you came on and that you were able to give a little glimpse of, like I said, like this is just like magic to me, to everybody listening. I talk about you all the time. And so I am honored that you came on and that everybody was able to hear you. Thank you so much. Brooke, thank you. This was so fun. I loved it. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm going to put all of Tiffany's information in the show notes as well as links to a couple of the things that she talked about in this conversation. Um, Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode. 